Hello, and welcome to episode two of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Mike, and this is Zoe. Hello. Hello. And this episode is your episode, isn't it? It is. And what are you going to be doing for us this episode? You're very excited. I am. (laughs) Uh, Or a little scared. Oh, don't be scared. I'm right here, just across the room from you. Exactly. (laughs) Is that what you're scared of? Me? I am quite hairy. (laughs) Which actually ties in. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if it was werewolves. No, uh, this episode is Black Shook. Black Shook. Yep, yep. Okay, so... Tell us what Black Shook is. Okay. If you're sitting comfortably, I shall begin. Okay. Stories of black dogs have been told in Britain since the Vikings brought over tales of Odin and his hounds when they invaded in 793 AD. Unfortunately, most tales have not been written down in a formal manner, but have been passed down through the generations with stories twisted and embellished. Tales tell of spectral hounds, both sinister and reassuring, terrifying or protective. He can appear in a flash of lightning, or with a blood-curdling howl, or he creeps up beside you before you realise he's there, as his paws make no sound. Most agree that the hound is large, the size of a calf, with a shaggy coat and eyes that burn with hellfire, red or green. There are also those that tell of a one-eyed shook, or even more extreme, a headless shook, or strangely, the head of a monkey or the face of a man. The term black shook can now include all and any dog-type creatures, sometimes not black and sometimes not dogs. So let us take a closer look at black shook, the demon dog of East Anglia, also known by the names Old Shook, Old Shock, Old Scarf, or just plain Shook. The black part is self-explanatory. Shook is either derived from the Old English word for demon or fiend, which I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but I'll give it a go. It's spelt S-C-U-C-C-A, so I'm going to say Skooka, maybe? Or it could be derived from a local word meaning shaggy, which I'm just assuming is shook. Anyway, even without hearing the stories, we have an idea of what to expect, but some of the stories are still surprising. The first question I want to consider is, what does it mean if you see Black Shook? Both Norfolk and Cambridgeshire agree that he is a portent of death, either yours or someone you know. In Cambridgeshire, it's customary to look away, as his look itself can bring death and not just a warning. In Suffolk, he is generally thought to be harmless and less provoked. Although, what the people of Bungie and Blytheborough have to say about that, you will find out shortly. In Essex, he is still associated with graveyards and gallows, thus giving him the title of Demon Dog. But he is seen as more of a guardian or protector. All counties agree that Shook has strong ties with graveyards, cemeteries and lonely country roads. One reason for this may be the old Christian tradition of burying a live dog under the cornerstone of a new church, so as to act as a spirit guardian for the building and graveyard. Law says that the first body to be interred in a church will become the spirit guardian, and not wanting to trap a human in purgatory, they chose a dog for the fierce loyalty they show in life. 
One of the earliest accounts to be written down, including demon dogs, was recorded in the Peterborough Chronicle. In 1127 it states that for the nine weeks leading up to Easter, the wild hunt would pass by Peterborough Abbey, through the Monastery Deer Park and continue the 15 miles to Stamford. Both seen and heard by locals and monks alike, the blast of horns would warn of their nighttime approach. 20 to 30 huge, terrifying men riding black horses and he-goats accompanied by hounds, jet black, with eyes like saucers. The wild hunt is a widespread European legend, with the leader of the hunt changing from country to country. In England, the hunt can be led by Wodin, King Arthur, Hearn the Hunter, or Hereward the Wake, to name a few. Some would argue that these are all characters who have played great roles in our country's history, but the new powers that be, for want of a better phrasing, would like to see them retired to myth. To see the hunt was to risk being dragged away to the underworld, to have your soul stolen to join the hunt, or more important to our story, a portent of death, much like Shook. East Anglia is made up of Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire and Essex, and I'm going to start with one of the most famous Black Shook stories. South of Norwich, across the county border in Suffolk, are the picturesque towns of Bungie and Blythborough, and it is here, in 1577, that our story takes place. On Sunday the 4th of August, a terrible electric storm gripped the area. Hailstorms and ball lightning fell upon the townsfolk, as terrified by this ungodly storm they made their way to their parish church to seek shelter and reassurance. In St Mary's Church, Bungie, with a crash of thunder and lightning, a demonic hound burst through the door. He ran the length of the church, through its congregation with unnatural speed and strength. Viciously he snapped and mauled, and in another flash he was gone. Here the hound left parishioners dead and dying, Two bodies are said to have been found kneeling at prayer, their necks broken at odd angles. The condition of another body is said to have been shriveled like an old leather purse. In Blytheborough it is written by Abraham Fleming that with an almighty crash and a flash of lightning, the doors of the Church of the Holy Trinity were thrown open as the storm hit with full force. In the same instant, struck by lightning, the church steeple collapsed in on itself. As the dust settled, standing in the doorway was the demonic hound, bigger than it had rights to be, with eyes ablaze. The hound ran through the terrified congregation, wreaking havoc, killing a man and a boy, and burning the hand of another before it made its exit and disappeared into the storm. The towns were left in a state of terror with their lives ever changed. Whatever happened that day, be it a demonic visitation or a rabid dog terrified by a storm, it was a story that the town would never forget. Bungie now includes the black dog in their coat of arms, and the local football team are called the Black Dogs. Not far from Bungie, on the Norfolk coast, is Galston, and here we have a far more recent sighting. On the 19th of April, 1972, Graham Grant was coming to the end of his night shift when he saw something that drew his attention. About a quarter of a mile north of the lookout, he saw a large hound-type dog, but what made him keep watching was the fact that the dog would run and then stop as if looking for something and then run again. And then, as he watched, it vanished. What makes the story noteworthy is the beach had recently been raked flat 
so there was nowhere for the dog to go, and that Mr Grant wasn't local. He had just moved to the area and he wasn't aware of the legend of Black Shook until his work colleague told him about it after the sighting. His story was also featured in the local newspaper. This report bears striking resemblance to two Black Shook origin stories told on the North Norfolk coast. The first is a tale of two fishermen, one Danish and one Saxon, who, while out fishing with their dog, got into trouble and drowned. The Danish man was washed up in Beeston and the Saxon at Overstrand. Each was buried at the local church, but the dog who survived was unable to tell which was the grave of his master, so it is said that the loyal hound now roams between the two, searching for the master he was unable to save. He has been seen so many times in Overstrand, they've named a lane after him. It is also local law that he leaves charring behind him and the smell of brimstone. The second story is from Salthouse. In the 1970s, Walter H. Barrett wrote that in 1910 he was passing through Salthouse and decided to have a drink at the Duncow pub. It was here he saw a man sitting by the window, and wanting to sit for a while himself, he bought the man a drink. The man was Sam Rudd, a local fisherman, and he told Barrett a story. He had been digging bait as usual, but it was getting dark and the tide was coming in, so he started his four-mile walk home. Having reached the beach road, he climbed over the shingle bank and began to walk back towards the village. It was at this point that a heavy sea mist rolled in, and soon all was darkness. I then heard a dog howl some distance behind me, said Sam. It was so loud it drowned out the roar of the sea pounding on the shingle bank. Sam then explained that he kicked off his heavy thigh boots and ran for it but the faster he went, the closer the howl sounded. When he reached his home and had bolted the door, his father questioned him about his boots, but they were soon more concerned by the dog that was now howling outside their home. His father carried his gun upstairs and loading it with a double charge of gunpowder, he took aim at the dog and fired. His father was adamant that he had hit the dog, but it had no effect and the dog continued howling. But the next morning, there was no sign of the dog. Sam simply finished his drink, finished his story, thanked Barrett and left. Barrett was intrigued by Sam's story, so much so that he spoke to the local rector, who told him it was nothing but nonsense, a cover story for local smugglers. This only spurred Barrett on to find out more. He spoke to another local fisherman named Pinchin. Pinchin insisted that he should ignore the reverend, that he wasn't local and he didn't understand local ways. Pynchon then offered the true story of Black Shook. The night of the 28th of January, 1709, was stormy and the waters of the North Norfolk coast were unforgiving. 20-foot high waves tore at the beaches and the wind howled. The sea threatened to overrun the raised shingle bank that protected Salthouse from the ravages of the sea. That night, there was a much-anticipated shipwreck. A brig, heading back to Yorkshire from London, laden with fruit, spices and other foodstuffs. The captain and crew tried in vain to control the ship, but it finally ran aground at Salthouse and was torn apart by the battering storm. The crew and captain abandoned ship and were taken by the sea. No survivors. 
The next morning, the storm had moved on, and the villagers came out to salvage what they could. They found the crew washed up on the beach, and it was noted that the captain still gripped firmly the collar of his faithful wolfhound pet, and the dog's jaws were clamped tightly to the captain's reefer jacket. The captain's body was taken to Salthouse Church and buried in an unmarked grave. The dog, however, they decided to just throw in a pit and bury on the beach. The locals would soon regret this decision. It didn't take long before people started seeing a very large black dog sniffing about and howling as if lost and searching. As time passed, the spectral hound became more and more terrifying, some say through grief and frustration. Now as big as a calf, his eyes glowing red, his coat matted and shaggy, still searching for his master. Now we travel inland. Our next story comes from the wonderfully named Cambridgeshire village of Great Snoring, and sightings not of Black Shook, but of White Shook. In the late 1930s, before the outbreak of World War II, the village witnessed several sightings of this phantom hound. The first was told by a farmer returning home one evening. Driving along, he came face to face with a large white dog standing in the middle of the road. He was travelling too fast to stop or swerve so as not to hit the creature, and he would have if it hadn't simply passed through his car. It seemed to have scared him senseless, as his reaction to this was to stop the car, get out and run home. It was seen by several other people, often jumping out into oncoming traffic. Another story tells of a cyclist who, like the farmer, abandoned his vehicle in favour of running home. It does seem that this phantom was an isolated occurrence. There are no stories of it from other time periods. Some seem to think that it could have been a local dog, but others believe it was important for the huge loss of life the world was about to experience with the start of World War II. So you may have noticed that I haven't included a sighting from Essex. I could tell you the story of a midwife who in the 1930s was followed home by a giant black dog. It easily kept pace with her as she cycled home before vanishing as quickly and silently as it had appeared, but that is all I would be able to tell you. Sightings of Black Shook have been so common throughout history in East Anglia. There are literally hundreds, but unfortunately many consist of I was travelling home and I saw a huge black dog, he turned and ran through a wall, or he disappeared before my eyes, or he followed me home and then vanished. And I think that that is one of the things I find most intriguing. There are so many sightings, many of them so simple, which makes me think that people genuinely believe that these have happened, because surely if you were going to make something up, you'd make it a bit more graphic and detailed and interesting. Something else that struck me during my research is this. We call these dogs demons, but if the stories are true, these are spirits of dogs so loyal that they search beyond death for their masters, and that they try and warn us of impending death. So I guess it depends how much you like dogs and how much you like ghosts. In 2014, at the ruins of Leyston Abbey near Bungie, the skeletal remains of a seven-foot dog were found. Buried in a shallow grave, they were able to date the remains by the pottery that was found around the body. And it was speculated by the locals that this could well have been the hound that terrorised the church on that Sunday morning in 1577. 
but even reports of this were twisted for dramatic effect. Some wording insisted that the dog was seven feet tall, implying a shoulder height of around five foot, and that would be truly terrifying. But others listed the info as seven foot long, which for a large dog, including its tail, would be within the realms of possibility. So if a story can be twisted like this in a few weeks, how much can a story be twisted in 500 years? The story of Bungie and Blytheborough are some of the most documented, but we really have only one relevant reference for it, the words of Abraham Fleming. But even with people using this one resource, details have been added and tweaked, and one thing I found when I was researching is that no one could agree which church was visited first, or how many people actually died. We only know it happened. So Mike, how do you feel about Black Shook, now you know a little more about him? Well, there was actually a lot there that I didn't know. So, for one thing, I picked up on the fact about the Wild Hunt, because I didn't even know that that was a a UK legend. I only know it from the game The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, which is Polish in origin. It literally is all over Europe, but it seems essentially European. So, one thing I found about The Wild Hunt was that... Well, it's twofold, really. You've got the use by... Christians to demonize pagan religion. They would put the pagan leaders like Hearn the Hunter at the leaders of the hunt and have them with demonic hounds to demonize them to make them the bad guys. Something else that was noted is that the wild hunt would often show up when things were happening that were more Christian based, the building of a new church, or if something was happening historically that was essentially against the locals, for want of a better word. Yeah. Something that wasn't going right. The instant in Peterborough, a new reverend or bishop had arrived right. at Peterborough Abbey and he wasn't well liked. Right. And it was him arriving for those nine weeks before Easter that seems to have kicked all of this off. And again, some people said, oh, well, maybe it was just some locals having a bit of fun or trying to drive him away. Right. Okay. Yeah. But other people said, well, hang on a minute. The locals were scared too. Yeah. There's links with grim fairy tales. There's a lot of Germanic lore on it. But just the the different people that were supposedly leading it were, if you looked at each country, they were very prominent people from each country being demonized yeah well it's interesting because in my youth i read a a comic called 2000 ad which some people may be familiar with and in that there was a character called i'm going to call him slain because that's how it's it's, yeah slania i think is the correct pronunciation but i don't want to murder it but one of the big stories they did was slain the horned god slania the horned god and a lot of that went into things like the threefold aspect of the goddess. Mm-hmm. So that the the maiden, the hag and the matron. And that looked really deeply into Celtic traditions and things like that. And one of the traditions was when a, a leader died, they um, strapped antlers to him in reference to Hearn the Hunter and Carnun, from which we get the word carnal, as in yep. carnal relations. And that, again, was the church demonising the pagan gods of fertility and things like that and going, well, you shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. That's very naughty. Don't be carnal. Well, it's a bit like the two fingers behind the head. 
Yeah, is a uh, symbol of fertility because it's making you look like a horned god or a rabbit. Which, but then if you yeah. talk to people who are Christian, they say, well, actually, it's making you look like a devil because it's giving you horns. Yeah, but the whole idea that the, the devil has horns is because he comes from the pagan religions where it was Herm the Hunter or Kanon and Pan and things like yeah. that. And these were all fertility gods and the, yep. the church wanted to take control over people's libido, basically. Yep. Other things... There were quite a few that I didn't know there. I mean, I've always known Black Shook as a, a demon dog and a portent of death and the kind of the lonely road and a traveller. And if you see a black dog, it means it's that somebody's going to die. Up. It could be yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the basic story that actually I was finding black dog stories yeah. being called Black Shook all over Britain. Yeah. So it's, it is quite widespread throughout the whole country. And yeah. But it, it did surprise me a little bit to see that there were some really quite contemporary accounts and things honestly people are still seeing him now it's a little bit more watered down now for want of a better word because people move around so much right but if you talk to local people they will know who black shook is especially around this area oh my goodness yes we because we are black shook country right here yeah I mean, we we actually have a friend from Bungie and yep. she said she did not realise that this was all over East Anglia. She just grew up with it. It was her yeah, dog. It, it, was, was, it was a it was Bungie hers. thing. That makes it even more local. And when I spoke about it, she was really surprised that I'd even heard of it. Yeah, and I'd heard of it and I'm from quite far north from here. <laughs> You've probably got your own black dog up there anyway, love. Quite possibly. I don't I don't know about kind of I'll have a look. North Lincolnshire, Yorkshire area. Probably. Mm-hmm. But we as we mentioned on the first episode, we both grew up with the folklore myths and legends of Great Britain book. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's where I got most of my black shook knowledge from. I mean there's only a very small part in that, but Yeah, which is it, why I didn't but know. But it all does this give you stuff. little bits from from all over East Anglia. Yeah. W- one thing I didn't include in my piece was the story of the the monk-headed dog in Stowmarket because I I couldn't find Monk or monkey? Monk. Oh wow. This is a dog. Well, this dog is a dog with a this, friar's head. Yeah, but this is the thing you see. There friar was shook. there was there was very very com- Friar Shook, oh my oh, god. Oh, come on, that's gold. It was really conflicting stories. You see, some stories said it was a dog with the face of a monk. Others said a monk with the face of a dog. And I thought, hey, maybe the guy's just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Others said that actually, no, it was a local farmer who went all the way around the countryside looking for a monk with the head of a dog or a dog with the head of a monk. It was strange times by the sound I couldn't strap it down, you know, I couldn't hold it down. But apparently the basic story was a saint had buried a treasure hoard and left a dog and a monk to guard it. But when they died, their spirits merged, merged, which I'm concerned, quite frankly. (laughs) I'm not sure what I'd find more disconcerting. A dog with the head of a monk who maybe wanted to proselytise to me, (laughs) or a monk with the head of the dog that was also trying to proselytise to me, but about dog food. I don't know. Food. Yeah. Throw this ball. Yeah. Feed me. (laughs) Scratch my belly. Yeah. (laughs) All the communion wafers have gone, and you know why. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's terrible. I mean, mean, there were other instances where there was a shook with the face of a man that spoke to a guy and said, oh, you're going to die soon. That, that's terrifying. I know, but the that's, poor that's, guy, that's, that's I think terrifying. he was so frightened. He, he died. The, he died the next day. <laughs> but yeah, but, I can um, understand why. He was probably just like, bugger this, I'm off. Honestly, <laughs> dog comes and talks to you. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I have to say, seeing a large kind of red or green-eyed slavering demon dog would be terrifying. Seeing it with the face of a person going, uh, excuse me, by the way, your time is almost up. I'd be that, like, that, okay. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you, quite frankly. I'm, I'm wearing brown shorts today, and I'd hope that I was wearing the same pair if I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was lots of things i didn't know like the the dogs that kind of pine for their masters and things like that because you, that's you still hear common. about that happening today like exactly. dogs like lying near graves and things like that and it's it's amazing to me what they know you know what they can kind of discern they understand a lot more than we give them credit for I well think, this is it and and that's what i said you know at one point i was explaining one of the stories to our daughter and i got a little bit emotional because all I could think of was the loyalty that those dogs have shown yeah. going like beyond life. And I was just like, oh my goodness, and it's so sad. And we're being so mean to them, calling them demons. And all they're yeah. doing is trying to be a good boy. Oh no. You know, they're trying to be the best boy. And but all dogs are good boys. Exactly. And I'm just like, <laughs> and oh, girls. And you might look terrible, but I'm sure you've got the, the mindset of a puppy and you're just wanting someone to play with you and not run away screaming. <laughs> Another one was the the guy who was on the night shift as a, a lookout on the beach, and he just saw the dog running about. But he dis- but the dog just disappeared on a completely flat beach. Yeah, because when was that? I can't remember when. That was nineteen seventy two. I mean, that's almost within my lifetime. Yeah, but there were sightings that were far more recent. Yeah, but they just don't have the details to make an interesting story, and that's why I was like, there's literally hundreds. Yeah, the guy that that was so scared that he jumped out of his car and ran home, leaving the car on the side of the road. Yeah, I d- those guys I was interested in because it's like, I get that you'd be terrified, but why on earth would you leave your car and run home? You, but he's you scared, get home senseless. quicker and safer in the car, surely. But this is the thing. When you are truly <laughs> terrified, I don't think things make Makes sense. Makes sense, yeah, I suppose. So he was driving home and he saw the dog in the middle of the road and he tried to stop, but he couldn't. And the dog went the dog through, passed through yeah, the, the car. Dog passed through the car. So, but then even that, I, that would just be, make me put my foot down. Not, but he was, not try, get out he and was run. already trying to stop. So I guess the car just came to a halt and he was like, huh. But even, I, I just don't. I, it doesn't make you're any inside sense. A car. If, if, if I'm inside a car and a dog attacks the car, I'm like, mm, yeah, but the dog, to be you. I'm driving away. The dog I'm didn't safe. attack it though, did it? No, I know. But even so, if even if it was a demon dog or a ghost dog, what makes you think you're going to be safer on foot than in a car? That makes no sense to me. Again, it must just be that it's... I mean, the guy on the bike... Terror. I'm just wondering if maybe he like, wobbled a bit and fell off the bike and was like, oh, I can't be bothered to try and get on and scoot that along. No, the guy that fell off the bike, I mean, that I can see like buckling a wheel or you know breaking a chain or something like that, and then you're just yeah. like, I'm going to hoof it. Unless the car won't start, which, you know... It was the 1930s, so cars maybe weren't okay. as, like, you know... Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think what kind of cars were around in the 1930s, and I'm wondering if it is stuff that had, like, open sides or open roof, or... I'm trying to think of, like, Downton Abbey. That was set in the 30s, wasn't it? And a lot of their cars were, like, the old-style, no-roof... And crank engine fast. and things they like that. They weren't fast. I they mean, weren't these, that we're fast. talking about the cars that used to have people walk in front of them with a red flag so that nobody got ran over. 
I know, but if you're going back to Downton Abbey, then old Watts' chops did actually drive too fast and have a bit of an accident. I don't, so, I don't car- haven't watched <laughs> Downton Abbey to tell you about that, but no, okay. But no, cars could go a fair speed. I was more thinking if it's a kind of very old car, even in the 19th, that he probably had to get out and do a crank thing to start yeah. it up again. And if which, it's stopped and you're already out, you might as well just might as well peg it. it and, yeah, um, but you're not going to outrun a dog most of the time. I mean, maybe some of these horribly bred things that we've got these days... Like a just you know a terrible little, bulldog, little Chihuahua. Limps. <laughs> Although they are quite 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 speedy, aren't they? When they want to be, Chihuahuas are yeah. Bulldogs not so much. No. And like sausage dogs, we've oh. we've gone off on a tangent now. We're just talking about different types of dogs and how fast they can run. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Hopefully, okay. this is entertaining to somebody. Yeah. No, there was a, there was a lot in there that I didn't know. So thank you for that. That was awesome. But okay, here's another question. Okay. Would you spend a night? walking alone out on the Fenland roads. Absolutely, yeah. To be fair, I've done it many times, yeah, so yeah. no problem. Stuff like that doesn't bother me. It doesn't get to me at all, the, the, the demon. If I saw one, it might be a different matter. <laughs> but the thought of it doesn't really make me shiver or go anything weird, because it's, it's either a real dog or it's not. And if it's a Those real dog... Those are basically the two choices, yes. Well, I suppose... I, I, if, if anything, actually, I'd probably be more frightened of a of a real dog than a spectral one. Really? A spectral dog, I'd just be like, well, if it passed through a car, it probably can't bite me. True, yes. But not about the, uh, the portent of death aspect. Yeah, that would be troubling. I mean, at the minute, it's amazing he's not every bloody where. To be fair, yeah. He's, really? Um... There was one other thing that I did notice, which was when you mentioned that somebody took a shot at one of them in yes. one of these stories. And it didn't seem to deter or flinch. And that has kind of parallels into Skinwalker Ranch, where there was a very large dog that they took shots at and even saw chunks of flesh fly off. And this thing did not flinch. Yeah, we see this one, he took the shot and because it was a shotgun. Yeah. The next morning they found all the shot in the door of, I think it was their privy outside. Right. So it all passed straight Straight through through him. Wow, rather okay. than actually hitting anything. There wasn't any kind of, you know, there was no like cartoon shape of a dog with, with gunshot <laughs> round it. <laughs> but even then, I mean, it's there is a good chance that at night somebody took a shot at something that was moving outside and missed, I mean, quite frankly. Unless it was a trained gun dog, yeah. a gunshot like that would terrify a dog and it would be gone. Yeah, for the most part. Because yeah. a gunpowder gun... A, they are loud yeah. and they flash yeah. and i mean it's and, basically and, a firework and dogs are pretty nippy generally yeah. large dogs anyway so there's a very good chance that he raised the thing and it moved and he took a shot and missed and it ran off into the night frightened it didn't it carried on howling outside their house oh wow okay that's why he said it, you know it, it didn't make any difference it just it carried just on howling. howling wow but at no point in the story did they say and at this point we slept, or at this point it went away. I think they were just, they, yeah. It was just so the next there's, morning. There's almost like a banshee aspect to it of, of the it, kind of the howling. It and the is almost of death like is, is very the East Anglian the, banshee. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which I'd find more terrifying: a haggard old woman screaming at me. That one. Or well, to be fair, that actually, one, yes, definitely a dog howling. I can cope with an old woman sat on her haunches on a low wall. Combing her hair and screaming. Knocking on your windows. That that one would have me going, I Uh, think she needs some help, but not the kind I can provide. Maybe take her a (laughs) cup of tea and a biscuit. Oh, blimey, really? 
Can you imagine that, taking a biscuit out to a banshee? <laughs> like, here, love. Custard cream. <laughs> Bourbon. <laughs> Hobnob. I, I have no idea what kind of biscuits banshees like. I, I was mean, just going to say. Maybe we can open that one up for listener comments. What mm. kind of biscuits do you think banshees like? Shortbread. Shortbread, yeah, could Keeping be. it classic. Keep, keep, could be, yeah. Yeah, doesn't... Digestive. Rich tea. No, they go too floppy when you put them in your drink. In your drink, yeah. Yeah. Needs to be for, a bit more for, substantial. For people outside the UK, this might not be a thing at all, but we, we tend to dunk biscuits in our strange brew of yeah, leaves but, and milk. Well, no, in Australia, they do it with chocolate bars. You get your Tim Tams and you bite either end of it, stick it in and suck the drink up through the straw. Like it's like wow, it's a straw, okay. yeah, because it's like wafer. That's, so, yeah. That's entirely new to me and, and seems very odd, but there we go. <laughs> cool. So that was Black Shook. It was. So uh, We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, what do you think? Do you have any stories of uh, black dogs? Yeah. Either from, like, where you're from, or do you know anybody who's uh, seen him trotting about? Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Drop us an email. I mean, to be fair, we'll take any stories you've got. Yep. I'm quite eager to hear stories from all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Because I love it. Yeah, I love I'd it. Lo- we'd love to hear any any stories of any kind of weirdness, aliens, hauntings banshees black dogs whatever you've got basically we'll have a read of it so send it across so what's the email address they need to send it to it's stories of strangeness at gmail.com there you go and i managed to get that out in one i'm impressed yeah me too. i was testing you yeah <laughs> okay so where else can they find us they can find us on instagram we are at stories of strangeness we also now have a twitter account which i don't even think you know about i did not know that which is so strange pod so strange pod. Well, the SO is supposed to be stories of. Ah, okay. So it's so strange nice. pod. Yeah, nice. Okay. See? Yeah, clever. So yeah, we've just got onto onto that. We have a Facebook page. If you just search for stories of strangeness, you should be able to find us. We have a Facebook group. If you want to come and chat with us and hang out and talk and tell us your stories, that's cool too. Also have a couple of thank yous to go through. We because do. Because we've received our first two reviews on iTunes. Woo! Which is incredible as we've only done one episode so far so yeah thank you <laughs> thank you very much so we'd like to thank leslie ann craven from the crimes we're into podcast who wrote can't wait to hear a full length episode but still gave us five stars thank you very much for thank that thank you we shall be probably returning the favor soon once i've listened to more of your episodes when i listened to them it was just a one episode and some outtakes but it was still worth a listen they were releasing on i think by yesterday i think they were releasing three or four episodes or something what day is yesterday love the fourth of uh this month <laughs> so june okay sure. 2020 yeah june yep. 2020 lovely yeah. uh, so they should have several episodes out for you to listen to now it sounded like it was going to be well worth a listen is there anybody else we need to thank i need to thank you thank you very much you're very welcome and i can't wait to hear what you have to tell us in the next episode about tesla about tesla yeah it's all coming together oh one other thing i did want to mention zoe has done some amazing artwork for this episode which will be going up onto our Redbubble page we might post it in the facebook group as well just so that people can have a look but you'll be able to buy stuff with that on it's a fantastic painting of black shook well you know my little version of him yep so keep an eye out for that other than that we would really like it if you'd subscribe We'd love it if you'd review us and give us a rating on iTunes because that really helps us grow the show and help more people listen to us. But yeah, just get in touch. Yeah, tell give us, us a shout. Tell us what you want to hear. Yeah, 
So I want to just give a couple of little shout outs. First one is to Rode, who make our microphones. They are awesome. Thank you very much. We couldn't make the podcast without them. They make me sound very intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you get a plus one to intelligence with these microphones. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to Captivate, our podcast hosts, who have been helping me all this week with some technical issues and have been fantastic at getting back in touch with me. Thank you very much, guys. And I also want to just give a quick shout out to Descript, which is a new program that I've found for editing the podcast. Really clever little bit of software that actually transcribes what you're saying as you record. And then you can edit the podcast by editing the script. So you can just delete words and it changes the audio. There's loads of clever things that it does. If you do run a podcast, check it out. It's well worth a a look into. It'll be taking over the world soon. Yep. The AI is going to be... Skynet. It's going to, I was going to say it's Skynet in disguise. It, it is. It's listening to us right now as we're recording. I can see it. Yeah. Populating the little screen there with words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. I think that's it, isn't it? Try not to have nightmares. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.